Amen. Thank you so much, team. And all the people, the great unseen, the people that are in the vision room, and the people in the back in the dark places up there. Fantastic. All the sound operators and all the lighting people. Wasn't that sky cloth beautiful? I thought that really added to our sense of God's presence. Well, today I'm going to be talking to you about the Bible. I think the Bible is an underrated book. In our 21st century, it's, it's the book that changed the world. And because it changed the world, it came under a lot of fire, a lot of flack. It changed the world because it's a book that tells the story of Jesus. It was so good what Emma said to us today about Will getting that Bible. Over the last couple of days, Kathy and I have been pulling out stuff out of our old study, getting ready to demolish and rebuild. And um, in one of the bookshelves, I uncovered a, well, there was two Bibles, actually. One, both of them, unfortunately, were in the King James Version, which I personally don't mind, but I think there are more easier ones to understand. Uh, one was my mother's Bible given to her by her parents. It had a little note in the, in the cover. That's what, when Emma said about Will, that reminded me of that. The other was my grandparents' uh, Bible. That, I don't know who gave it to them. I think it was on the occasion of their marriage. And inside it had a, a lot of uh, notes about you know who married who and what went on. But the Bible has been around for a long time. It's called the Word of God. And because of that, it, it has a very prominent place in our Christian life. So I just thought, when I was growing up, there was a number of songs that we used to sing. I, I thought, what, a, what better way in 2019 to start with a little bit of a song? So hopefully the words are going to appear up on the screen. Thank you, Beck. And... Tim out there in the vision room and this is going to be a little trip down memory lane and for some of you it might even be a trip down not so long ago lane and I'll just tune so the first one I think I must have learnt this one in my Sunday school in Cronulla Methodist the best book to read is the Bible. The best book to read is the Bible. If you read it every day, it will help you on your way. Oh, the best book to read is the Bible. And the next one. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Oh, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Come on, Mason, I didn't see you singing. <laughs> Mason did one of those things. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what about this one, Mason? You'll remember this one. Uh, 
I don't care what they say about me, it's all right. It's all right. I don't care what they think about me, it's all right. They'll get it one day. I love you, I'll follow you. You are my, my life. I will read my Bible and pray. I will follow you all day. We won't go on to the chorus because it's, it's really good chorus. Now this next one we did last week. Reading my B-I-B-L-E. This is what it says to me. Tells me that I'm never ever alone. Learning how J-E-S-U-S came down to us and gave his best. Without a doubt, the best friend you'll ever know. But you couldn't go past this one. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. So much of what we understand in our Christian life comes from the Bible. And uh, it's such a, an important and vital book. So I thought it was worthwhile spending some time at the start of 2019 because the truth is always truth. And those little songs contain little snippets of really valuable truth all about how the Bible reveals to us God's plan in the person of Jesus Christ. And how we can respond to the person of Jesus Christ in the 20th century, in the 21st century, in the 22nd century, if we're still here. Well, I probably won't be, but if humankind is still existing, God's plan is still be outlined in the Bible. Billy Graham said, the Bible is old, yet it is ever new. It's the most modern book in the world. There's a false notion that a book as ancient as the Bible cannot speak to the needs of modern man. Men somehow think that in the age of scientific achievement, when knowledge has increased more in the last 25 years than in all preceding centuries put together, this ancient book is out of date. But for all who read and love the Bible, it's relevant for every generation. Here are some interesting things that I found as I was looking about the Bible. Do you know there's 100 million copies or more sold every year of this book, the Bible? In 1631, there was a typographical typesetting error which omitted a very important word from the Ten Commandments. The Bible, which was produced, printed from that typesetting, became known as the Sinner's Bible... And one of the commandments read, Thou shalt commit adultery. There's only nine, nine versions of that Bible still in existence today. The Bible's been translated into 532 languages. That's the full Bible, Old and New Testament. And partial translations have been made into 2,883 languages. They still haven't got every language represented. Um, it's the top of all books 
in Kindle. Not that I read Kindle, but it's the top book. Um, the second place getter is the biography of Steve Jobs. And the third place getter is the Hunger Games. <laughs> so I'd say the Bible is way up there. Um, someone even in 2011 published what they called the Brick Bible. It, it is, uh, I've seen some pictures of it on the uh, internet. It's used Lego characters and Lego blocks and things to create Bible scenes and then through the magic of the computer they've placed captions and words over it so you can actually follow Bible stories in Lego. Um, Bob Marley, this would be a good one, uh, Dave. Bob Marley, he was buried with his red Gibson Les Paul guitar and a Bible. The smallest Bible is called the Nano Bible. It, uh, it contains the entire Old Testament, which is 1.2 million letters, uh, etched onto a silicon um, disc, and it's about the size of the tip of a pen. Not that you'd be able to read it, but good on you, science people. <laughs> China. When I was growing up, China used to be the place people smuggled Bibles into. But I was amazed to read this. China is the world's largest manufacturer of textiles and goods, and it's also the world's largest Bible producer. There's a company, one of the companies in China which produces Bible is called Amity Printing Company, and it produced, in 2014, 13.22 million copies of the Bible in over 100 languages and distributed them through China and 70 other countries. And the, the last one I thought was a bit cheeky. It's, the Bible is the most commonly stolen book in the world. <laughs> so it's a great time to reevaluate, to kind of think in 2019 at the start, what, what's my attitude to the Bible? Where, what's, how's the Bible and me? How are we progressing? What's, what am I getting from the Bible? What am I putting into my Bible reading and Bible studying? So this morning I thought we might look at some data, that, uh, some surveys that have been collected over last year on people's Bible reading habits. I've come up with a two-step process that works for me. I'm going to share it with you. Hopefully it'll work for you. And um, I'm going to share some resources with you about Bible uh, study methods and tips and things like that. So hopefully it's going to be really good. In fact, I, I, I wanted to kind of start a Bible reading revolution. I mean, if you look at collectively across society, reading of the Bible is decreasing. And sadly, in the church, reading of the Bible is decreasing. People get their theology a lot from the words of songs. They get their theology from what the preacher presents from the platform or from what their neighbour tells them. You know, there's, there's a whole range of different things, but not, not that many people are going back to the Bible. So this is a kind of a, today, a call, a challenge, a quest. Let's go back to the Bible. Let's, let's revolutionise 2019 by starting back in the Bible. Now, if you're already fully engaged in the Bible, fantastic. Maybe you'll be able to get a few things from what I say today. If, if maybe it's a bit shaky for you or you haven't really begun looking through the Bible and seeing what 
what fantastic gems are there that God has put specifically for you, then maybe today will be the, the catalyst, the kickstart for you. I attended Hillsong Conference in 2017. There was a speaker there, a lady called Beth Moore. She's a Bible um, lecturer, really. And she spoke very, very strongly about the need for us to have the Bible in our lives and for it to be open, not just on our shelves. And her encouragement was that we would, every seven years, she reckoned, we get familiar with the phrases and the the text of the Bible. Every seven years, try a new translation of the Bible. Because the familiarity that you have with the Bible will kind of break off and you'll be able to see phrases that are familiar in a new way and it means things. That's why it's really good. Remember last week Kevin was reading from the Passion Translation and it just puts it in a, in a slightly different way and it helps you to think about the words that you're rereading of familiar verses and things like that. So anyway, I took that challenge and I purchased a new Bible which was this one. Um, It was a New Living Translation. It's called the Daily Walk Bible. I actually purchased it because I was given a gift voucher for Kurong from my school. And uh, this Bible fitted into the price range of the the gift uh, voucher. But when I opened it, I saw that inside someone had gone through and put in a series of little devotional thoughts one day for every uh, day of the week, helping you to read through the whole Bible in, in a year. And they even very cleverly, at the end of or some space within a fortnight, say, they would have a day which didn't have anything to read specifically, which allowed you to catch up if you got behind. So it was very, very good. So I went through the Bible like... Uh, last year using this uh, Bible and this program or this this uh, guide of how to read. And I put it into my daily routine. So in the morning, uh, what I, I have a little exercise bike set up outside the kitchen window. And so I would read the Bible as I pedaled. So about 30 minutes. I've, then I found that the Bible app, which I think they might put the picture of the Bible app up on the screen for us. Yes, there it is. The Bible app on my phone, I could actually rest that on the handlebars of the exercise bike. And I could flick the screen up to follow the, the text. And then I discovered the little speaker icon, so I clicked that. And then there was a guy there reading the Bible to me as I was pedaling along and flicking the the text up to follow the text. So that's pretty much how I read through the whole Bible in a year last year. Then at breakfast time, I would go in and I would open up the the reading for the day and I would read the little thought and uh, that the author had put into the the Bible as the program. So it was really good. So I I can recommend that one wholeheartedly as a Bible reading program. I can also recommend the Bible app as well. It's really good. If you do not have the Bible app on your smartphone, you should. (laughs) My two-step process for reading the Bible is very simple. Intention 
and attention. Intention and attention. Um, the first step, intention. Well, intention is the key. Okay, you've, you've probably heard that saying that goes something like this. Blessed are those who aim at nothing, for they will surely hit it. <laughs> so if you don't have an intention, if you don't have a goal or a plan to start out with, you're probably not going to do very much towards that particular thing that you were wanting to achieve. So let's say today you decide, I'm going to, I'm going to do that reading the Bible thing. I think that'll be really good for me. I'm going to do that. So that's great. That's a little bit towards an intention. But you haven't really nailed it to the floor, so to speak. You haven't got it secure. It's not a secure intention. So you've got to, I think, have some other kind of guide or help which will help you get through your program. Now, you don't have to read the Bible in a year. I'm not saying that you have to do that. But if you've got something that is going to be like a, a ladder for you, something where you can, you're not going to do the old random thing where you flick the Bible and, and read that verse and then close the Bible and that's your Bible reading. That's, that's not really intentional. It doesn't really build one thing on another thing. So in the process of Thinking of, about all of this, I came up uh, on the internet with some um, results from some data that two, two places had put together. Now, I'm not sure if this is going to uh, turn up on the screen so well, but uh, no, I'm getting a no. Uh, so you can look it up when you, uh, when you go home if you like, the data, but it's very interesting. They put little um, graphs up to show... Um, the first data was collected by a group called Crossway, a Christian publishing group, and they surveyed 6,000 people, uh, randomly selected, but who said that they were Bible readers. So this is not just a random community survey. This was people who said they were Bible readers. They chose 6,000 of those people and asked them some questions. The first question they asked was, and remember we're talking about intention, the first question they asked was, what time of day do you read the Bible? And they had categories, pastors, uh, lay people, single people, married people. They had four categories. So they found that by far and away, the largest group of people um, or the largest time that people chose to read the Bible, whether they were in any of those four categories, was the morning, early morning. Uh, they found that non-married people, there was a slight rise in the late evening for non-married people, but the married people and probably those with kids, they were dead tired, so they didn't read any Bible in the, in the later evening. They found that the early afternoon was the lowest time when people read their Bible. So from that data of 6,000 other people, I thought, hey, I must have been onto something because I've been reading the Bible in the morning and it works for me. So if you're wanting to set a goal or have some intention about reading the Bible this year, based on the data and based on my, my humble personal experience, I think it would be good for you to kind of choose a time in the morning, early in the morning before anything else crowds into the day. It could be that you do it on your way to work. 
You might listen to the Bible being read on your car as you drive, or you might be in the in the train. You might use that for your Bible time, or you might be like me. Before breakfast, do some reading then. Uh, whatever works for you is the best method that you'll, you'll find. You don't have to be prescribed to that degree, but whatever works for you. And my, my recommendation is start small and you'll have big benefits. Start small, have big benefits. Don't bite off more than you can chew and be so disillusioned with the whole thing that it just crumbles. I mean, I, I have heard lots of people, um, particularly people that go for gym memberships, and Nicky Gumbel, I was reading a thing from him. He says he's a member of a gym and it's got a squash club as well. And at the, at the, towards the end of the year, they get in a lot of extra equipment because they know that people make New Year's resolutions. And so when the New Year kicks in, there's tons of people at the gym and all that new equipment is being used and it's being pounded and everything. He says by about the second week in January, the crowds are starting to thin. And then by the time it comes around to end February... Start of March, they move all of that other equipment out because no one's using it anymore. So it, it doesn't take long to wind down if you have such a big goal uh, that, and it, it becomes a disillusion, disincentive really, to complete. So start small. Um, have a plan of attack. Okay, have a plan. Don't approach this in a random kind of way. There's so many excellent materials available. Um, the walk through the Bible, one here that I was using, is really good. There's, um, there's other ones that uh, are available for free on the internet. You can go to a website called, let me just check this out, biblestudytools.com. Okay, that's a really good one. Um, but before we get off the data or the statistics, another, another group called Lifeway Research, another Christian research group, surveyed a random selection of people in the community in the United States. And this survey was done in 2017. Uh, the other one by Crossway was January 2018. And they found that, um, they asked the question, what stops people from reading the Bible? That was the question they asked. And they found that 27% of the people don't prioritise it. They don't read it because they don't see it as a priority. 15% um, said basically they don't have the time. And interestingly, that correlated with the survey of the Bible readers who said one of the barriers, the greatest barriers to their Bible reading is that they find it hard to get the time to read. So that's if you have an intention and you have a plan and you set that up, that's going to overcome that barrier. It's going to come some way to overcome that barrier. 15% um, of that other the group of uh, US citizens said um, they've read it enough. <laughs> Amazing. Um, just to back up the, the person who was correlating the data for the Lifeway research said this most people treat reading the Bible a little bit like exercise they know it's important and helpful but they don't do it here's a, here's a really good story that I found about a man who had a plan he paid attention 
and reap the benefits. It comes from Zimbabwe. The General Secretary of the Bible Society in Zimbabwe tried to give a New Testament to a very belligerent man. The man insisted he would just roll the pages and use them to make cigarettes. I understand that, but at least promise to read the page of the New Testament before you smoke it. Well, the man agreed, and the two went their separate ways. Fifteen years later, the two men met again at a convention in Zimbabwe. The scripture-smoking pagan had been saved, and he was now a full-time evangelist. And he was telling his testimony to the audience, and this is what he said, I smoked Matthew, (laughs) and I smoked Mark, and I smoked Luke. But when I got to John 3.16, I couldn't smoke anymore. (laughs) My life was changed from that moment. Isn't that a great story? The intention was, yeah, okay, I'll read the Bible, but I'm going to smoke it. And they had a plan. And then as he was reading and then smoked it, I imagine he was thinking about what he, was re- what he had read. And eventually he, uh, he couldn't not pay attention to what the Bible said. So his intention and his attention. Now the Bible app has got a lot of plans for reading the Bible. And I mentioned the Nicky Gumbel one. That's a Bible in a year plan. But there's... There's different ways of looking at the scriptures. There's topical studies. So if you want to look at something on mercy, you could go onto the Bible app. They have a section called plans. Type in mercy and they'll come up with a number of options for you to study that idea of mercy as it's found in the Bible. You don't need to just rely on what's in the song lyric or what what I say or what Ben says about mercy. You can look it up for yourself and God will speak to you stuff about yourself. When, when you're paying attention, God will speak to you. And sometimes when you're not paying attention, God speaks to you too. I don't want to limit God. Um, another really good one I found was called the Discipleship Journal Bible Reading Plan. And what's good about this one is it's set up per month And you can read the whole Bible through in a year if you follow the plan. But they only have 25 days in every month. Which means if you do the math, sometimes you'll have five or six extra days where you can actually recover. Say you had a a spell where everything was not working out to plan. By the time you uh, get to the next month, you're already behind. Well, in this particular plan, the Discipleship Journal plan, you can catch up. And then as, as the next month goes on, you don't feel like you've, um, you're disappointed that you haven't been able to do it because there's time for you to catch up. And if you've been able to maintain the plan for that month, those five days are great. You can go back and look at something that you uncovered in more depth during that, that previous month. So I recommend that one to you as well. Some other Bibles will also include Bible reading plans. But I don't think you can really go past the Bible app for the range of plans. There's plans there from Bible teachers, very well-known people. Okay, so let's get practical. Attention is important when reading the Bible. Attention is vital to starting a revolution. 
and attention is absolutely necessary for a Bible reading revolution in your own life. So I just want to go through a little bit of a Bible passage with you and try this method of attention. It's going to be a little bit interactive, okay? So I'm going to actually take the mic off here, camera people, and I'm going to move around in the auditorium, okay? So let's have that Bible verse up. This is one that I prepared earlier. It's uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Let's read it together like in the old days in the Anglican church. Any old Anglicans here? Hey, all right. I'm a Methodist by trade. Okay, this letter is from... I can't hear you. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Saviour. Thank you. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. All right, let's go back to verse 1. Now, the smart Alec that read the Bible verse sounded, <laughs> sounded like Andrea. Andrea, what, you're paying attention. What, what is the thing that immediately strikes you about something from that verse? Uh that Simon Peter says he's a slave. Good. Simon Peter says he's a slave. So that's, that's an interesting point. Mary, what about you? What do you see in there? Another thing that caught your attention. Um, that, uh, what he says about Peter, he's saying about me. Very good. Yeah. I like that too. It says, I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have including us all together in that. Let's go over here to the right-hand side or the left-hand side. Oh, here's a reptile man. Let's see. <laughs> Have you got anything to add, something that kind of grabbed your attention? I, I like the, that it says that faith was given to you. Um, it's not something, that I guess, that you can strive for that was given um and (laughs) he's bible teaching now (laughs) um because of the justice and fairness so because of jesus it's it all comes back to jesus it all comes back to to what he's done it's got nothing to do with us yeah that's, that's very good so all of these things catch our attention the thing that caught my attention was all the ands slave and apostle Uh, Justice and fairness, God and saviour. So I thought, I'll do a little bit of a study. So it got my attention. I think that's layer one attention. We've got got attention at layer one. We've got those points, and they're all really good points that people have brought out, and they're worth kind of going to level two attention. So I want to tell you about another app that I've been using. It's called the Bible Hub. And the Bible Hub links to uh, an internet site and you can... Oh, man, it's so good. So I, I went to Bible Hub um, commentaries and I found in there a, con- a concordance and what's called a Greek lexicon. Now, the lexicon is a, a book which takes each word of the New Testament, which is originally 
um, in the Greek, and it it takes the finds the definition of that particular word in a verse, and then it goes on and tells you how many whereabouts it's been used in other uh, parts in the New Testament, and then it tells you some nuances of meaning. And so when I was when I was looking at these verses, that's the that's the app for the Bible Hub, the icon there. When I was looking at this one, and the ands grabbed my attention, I thought, I'll just have a look. So uh, Andrea mentioned slave. So slave and apostle were the two things I thought, I'll, I'll just look this up. So doulos was the word for slave. Now, doulos meaning no ownership, no rights. Willingly enslaved, living under Christ's authority. So it began to give me a bit more richer understanding of a slave. No rights. Willingly enslaved. And then apostle was apostolos, meaning delegate, ambassador, envoy, a messenger on a mission focused back on the authority of the sender. So I'm a messenger. I'm an apostle, like Peter, like Mary said. Peter's like me. I'm like Peter. In fact, I was going to call this message Peter and me because of all the ands. Um, I'm a messenger on a mission, but the aim of my mission is to Put focus back on the authority of the person who sent me as an apostle. It's not about me. It's all about Jesus. So you can do level one attention. You can do level two attention. I think if you're paying no attention at all at the moment, level one is fantastic. If you're paying level one attention, I encourage you to go to level two, to go deeper. Use some of these ideas and these tools to really bring the scripture alive for you. The message of God's word is the total answer to man's total need. In the book of Romans, there's a number of verses and we're going to have a look at them now. And these these verses explain the way of salvation. And often in our church, we we will uh, say a prayer at the end of the service to conclude. And uh, that's, that's really essential, really important. But today I thought we might look at the scripture, seeing we're talking about the Bible, and in, in conclusion, see how you fit up against these scriptures from the book of Romans. The first one's Romans 3 and verse 23. It says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Many of us in this room have realized that long ago. We all fall short. We've all sinned. There may be some people in the room that are just coming to that realization that you have done things that you would rather not have done and you know that God is not pleased with that and you know you're falling far short of God's standard. We were all like that. Let's have a look at the next one, 6.23. The wages of sin is death. Oh, no, it's going from bad to worse. 
But here's the good news. The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Everyone has sinned and the wages of sin is death. We deserve death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's go to 5.8. Here's the really good news. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. See, we couldn't do anything to get out of that sin problem. This is what the Bible is telling us. We got a sin problem. We can't do anything about it. But God showed his love for us. Let's have a look at the next one, 10 and 9, Romans 10 and 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Maybe you'll be saved? No. Possibly you'll be saved? No. You will be saved. If you believe and openly declare, you will be saved. And that's for everyone in the room today. Every person in the room, without exceptions, no exclusions. Let's have a look at 5.1. Therefore, because of all of the stuff that I've just said, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we can now have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. All from the scripture. Band, if you want to come up, let's bow our heads. Maybe today you're in that position. You realize that you are in a bad spot with God and you've got to get right with God. You realize because of what the scripture says, there's no way you can do it yourself. But you also realize because of God's great love, he's made the way. The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And maybe today is the day that you want to openly declare that you believe in your heart that Jesus has been raised from the dead and you will be saved. If you're in that position today, you can have that peace that we just spoke about in the last verse. I'm going to pray now and ask you to repeat what I say and you will be saved. Let's all, let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that Jesus has made a way. We thank you that you have given us the Bible which reveals the way of God to us. Father, today I personally want to say to you, I am sorry for my sin. I'm sorry that I have gone a different way than what you planned for me. Today, Lord, I accept the plan of salvation through Jesus. Today, I'm coming back home to God. Today, in 2019, and this first Sunday, I accept your salvation through Jesus Christ. And I thank you for the peace that comes through knowing Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Help us as we endeavor to do our best as well in the whole area of Bible reading. 
Help us to start a revolution. Why couldn't it happen in the mountains? Why couldn't City Church become the catalyst for the Bible being prominent again in our society? Why not? Help us in this endeavour, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.